I'm David Matson, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. It's a fact that the Native Hawaiian diaspora, Native Hawaiians living outside of Hawaii, is greater than those living at home in the islands. The most populous other state being California, and then Washington State and Nevada. Guy recently added to the diaspora when he moved to, and I'm saying this with air quotes, the Ninth Island. Hey, Guy. Yo. Hey, there you are. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Hey, good to see you, man. You too. So you in Vegas now, you guys are all settled in and um, all moved out from Hawaii already. All your stuff is in Vegas. Well, yeah, everything is up here now. We, we totally moved. Mm-hmm. So how long have you guys been up there in Vegas? Okay, so June, we uh, rented a place so we could find a house up here. Mm-hmm. And but that was the most humbling experience I went through. Buying a house. Yeah. Okay. All I remember, the market was like so hot over here when we came up here. So we were getting outbid left and right. Uh, if it came on the market, that day it would be a bid ready. And there's like 150,000 over asking. So we were just like, wow, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? Cause we can't even, you know, mm-hmm. compete with these guys up here. They must be like multi-millionaires or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> just yeah. Crazy. That's, that's, I think, the market across the country from what I hear. I mean, I think so. The, See, the thing that prompted me initially was um, five years ago, our neighbors who owned all the T-Mobiles in Hawaii, mm-hmm. my our next door neighbor, he said that you got to move your business to Vegas. That's what got me, my, my mind going, like, what? Vegas? Because they said Hawaii is just too hard on businesses, you know, with the taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so... That was always in my head. And I honestly thought what we should do is buy a place in Vegas and run our business out of Vegas, but it just didn't seem right. You know, like I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do that being in two places at one time. So mm-hmm. this was the best thing. I said, you know what, this is the best thing. Just move to Vegas and then um, get out of the, the pressure cooker. It's just, mm-hmm. it, felt like, it just felt like the walls were coming in for some reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hawaii was becoming a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I got to get out of here. Just the cost of living was getting kind of expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, um, for example, it's funny, we were shopping up here, grocery shopping, and my wife would have like three bags or something. Oh, how much did that cost? You know? Oh, 30 bucks. The same hmm. exact thing in Hawaii probably would have been 100 at least. You get, your money goes so much further here, you know? So how do you like it up in Vegas? I love it, man. You do? Yeah. What do you like about Vegas um, that you couldn't get from Hawaii? Uh, the gun range is right next to my house. Nice. <laughs> I was like two-minute drive. You know me, I'm pretty social. And um, I just felt like I was kind of free up here. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think I do I know, know what you're saying. I don't know if it's because I'm getting becoming an old foot or something, but it's like um, I'm kind of 
happy with this doing stuff, you know, and not really knowing anybody. <laughs> you know what? I was going to say, that's how I feel up here relaxed because when you're in the mainland and, you know, you got the friends who you choose to hang out with when you want to hang out with and all of that, you got a lot of space, you know? Yeah, that's, you do that's exactly how I feel. There's a lot of space up here. Yeah. You can drive. You can just drive. I mean, something yeah. different for the kids, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's you know, true. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't think anything can touch Hawaii as in, in beauty-wise, but mm. I don't know. Everything's kind of changing there. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's just a, a weird energy. I don't know what it – I can't explain it to you. Like, I have a lot of anxiety over there right now. I think it was the perfect time for me to move, you know, and especially for the kids. I mean, we had to do it before they – really get rooted in Hawaii you know what I mean mm -hmm. with their friends like oh man I don't want to do that during their high school you know but yeah and I and I, honestly I almost wanted to experience really living in the mainland you know what I mean because you lived in the mainland during college and actually when you flew early on in your flying career right yeah yeah I remember I visited you in Arizona which is pretty well desert kind of in that Nevada area is it similar to Arizona at all? You know, it is very similar. So you get credit then for for bringing the idea of the family moving to Vegas. You know, in, to to the family it wasn't Kanoi. Initially, she was like, I, I think she's kind of freaking out about Vegas. Hey, <laughs> when it, when I told you we was gonna go Vegas, what was your initial feelings? Did you hear that? No. It was like, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't think she was too excited. Okay. I think she was more wanting to be in like Washington, yeah? Anywhere but Vegas. <laughs> anywhere yes. but Vegas. She said that. Anywhere but Vegas. Why yeah. anywhere but Vegas? Honey, to come here real quick. <laughs> oh, How are you? Oh, you look so nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, to ask her the same question you asked me. So Guy was saying that when he mentioned moving to Vegas, you were like, oh, okay, kind of lukewarmish. And then it was like, well, you'd be okay moving, but to anywhere but Vegas? Yeah, yeah. What? So we, you know, I've never really liked Vegas. And I'm like, how do people live there? I never got it. And, but that was my own um, just idea of what Vegas was. I never traveled outside of the Strip, right? So yeah. I was asking him like I would text him I'm like what about this house in Seattle what about this house in Texas what about you know and um but eventually we we came up here and then we looked in Summerlin which is outside of Vegas and mm -hmm. and that's when I was sold I was like this is a real community it's a real place and the people were so nice and you know so many local people so then I then I fell in love with it and it was like the best decision we ever made <laughs> what kind of stuff up there besides the local people remind you of Hawaii and absolutely nothing <laughs> seriously there's nothing up no, here I mean, if you need to have that connection you can find every local food you need you can't you know there's there's Facebook groups where you can connect with the community you can find where to go eat or like tonight we're going to Pure Aloha Festival so you know yeah. you can always stay connected oh that's fun yeah oh my goodness 
I mean, otherwise it, it doesn't, you know, it, it very much so feels like the mainland, but it's good, you know, it's good, you know, I mean, it's good to, to take your kids and let them see a different part of life, you know, outside of Hawaii and Hawaii will always be there for them, right? So my kids born and raised in Hawaii can't even speak pigeon. So I'm also moved to the mainland. <laughs> what are you talking about? But they cannot speak pigeon to save their life. They, they, everyone, they take me from Wisconsin or something. <laughs> no, they, they don't even know how to speak pigeon. So. That's, oh, what's what's the word anonymous? I, I think well, maybe that that's kind of my word. But you walk around, you're not gonna. Well, you might because it's Vegas. Walk yeah. into classmates or or somebody who you know from back in Hawaii. Here in Buffalo, New York, not a chance. You right, know, it won't happen. And that's a nice, relaxing, kind of liberating feeling. You know, you can yeah. walk around and and look as nice as Kanoi does, or you can walk around and look like Guy does right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. Bolos, bro. Bolos. <laughs> Every day, all day. <laughs> I was asking Guy, what were some of the things that, you know, he likes about Vegas? And so he threw out a bunch. What are some of the things that you like about being in Vegas? I mean, For me, this was more about the kids than anything, right? So to see them flourishing, their schools are incredible. I mean, just... The facilities, the teachers, the community, the parents, I mean, everything about it, mm-hmm. they're flourishing. The opportunities for them, you know, um, Keelan's on the best, one of the best swim teams in the entire nation. You know, so it's just, there's so much more here for them. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's better. It just means that in this time in our life, we had to provide them with something bigger. Mm-hmm. you know, then, then we could have given them back at home. And so yeah. that and the shopping and the food guy doesn't like the shopping word, but <laughs> I, like food. I like food, bro. I can show you my belly, but yeah. So, so, yeah. so the cuisine up there is, is acceptable then it's oh, good. Yeah. It's, oh it's yeah. Good. I mean, no matter what you want to eat. If, and that's almost funny because you can eat anything you want. And now we find ourselves not eating out as much because it's like, it's all at our fingertips. So we don't yeah. need to. It's almost like you don't, feel the need to go out to eat because in Hawaii, you know how Hawaii is. It's far and few between like, where are we going to eat tonight? I don't know. Out back. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cheesecake. Cheesecake factory. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's all good, but it's like, I don't know. You choke stuff up here. Yeah. It's just every, you know, everything you would ever want is here. Mm-hmm. But I love Hawaii. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be home. Mm-hmm. Just um, it was time to go. Yeah, that's the best thing. It just, it was like so clear cut for me. I was like, we're getting out here right now. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, so no regrets. I totally love it up here. And I mean, I think mm-hmm. David's an elephant in the room right now too, right? With how everything is in Hawaii politically, you know, just and not even getting into politics. I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. It feels very. I mean, everyone says it, no matter what side of the fence they're on. They feel like they're being suffocated over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just and it's sad. It's sad because we're on this side of the fence watching it happen, and and we're like, thank God we got out when we did, you know. Yeah. So um, my parents have an apartment in Honolulu that is empty, so they just let us stay there. Okay. And go back. Yeah. Man. So, just the fact that we knew we could go home anytime, like that's really what made it a lot easier. That's huge. If I knew I couldn't go back to Hawaii, I don't know if I could have handled it, honestly. You know because. Hawaii is special, period. Okay, living in Vegas, you probably have the longest commute of almost any classmate to work. Well, what is your commute to work like? Because uh, I'm in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. My wife 
takes me to the airport and then drops me off at like 12 o'clock at night. And then I just go back to Hawaii, uh, fly the plane to Vegas, which is my home now. So I go home to Hawaii, but I come back home. Tomorrow night, I, um, from Vegas, I jump on um, a night flight, which is leaves at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I yeah. drop at the airport at 12, commute back on that flight. It lands at five in the morning. Yeah. I walk to the, our pilot lounge, pick up paperwork, and I'm flying out the 745 flight back to Vegas. <laughs> I land at five in the morning and I just get on the plane. I'm, I'm working to Vegas, my home. So you fly the plane to Vegas, you drop the people off, and stay then right here. Oh, what you stay overnight? Stay overnight here. And then when I get back to Hawaii, because I gotta fly the plane back to Hawaii, I land at five in the morning. I jump on the flight I flew up as a commuter again, land back in Vegas at 4:50, now I'm back home for four days. That's what's gonna happen. Oh my god. So I'm basically just it's like almost like a not exactly going downtown and working it kind of is you know what i mean yeah it's like you catch the kanohi city bus down to the bus terminal to yeah. jump on the kanohi city bus and, and take it to kanohi go yep. back to town and you catch the bus back home yeah <laughs> that's that's exactly how i i look at it you know yeah so you used to fly like across the Pacific into you know Asia and that sort of thing, but did you are are you bidding on different routes now that you live in Vegas so that you can? So I, all I bid is Vegas. That's all okay. I do. I just bid Vegas flights. Huh. Uh, although I, last month I was on reserve because Konoi told me for to bid. They, so there's a computer program, and you put in all your parameters like <clears throat> like in order of what you want it to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if your priority is to get days off, you put that first. And then certain days off, right? Then the second, you can put like, I want certain trips. Mm -hmm. Because I did that, it prioritized my days off before my trips. So it couldn't build me a flight uh, a schedule. So it put me on reserve, basically, the computer. Mm -hmm. So I learned from that. So this all I do now is just get trips first. So all Vegas trips, then days off. Okay. You know what I mean? So now I get all Vegas's. But last month was it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I got to do it midway. It was one of the the Airbus planes, the big Airbus Airbus planes. You flew out there. I flew uh, I flew a good plane down to yeah. midway with a crew, a fresh yeah. crew like flight attendants and pilots. I got off, I got off that good plane, and they just took over that good plane, and I just stayed overnight while they fixed the broken plane in midway. So that's how that worked. So how was it staying overnight there in Midway? Do they have like regular dormitory accommodations that are? Yeah, it? it's like um, it's like um, what's the best way to describe it? Because there's nothing like it. You ever been to like um, the military housing uh, in Kekaha? I don't know if you remember. We remember we went camping on the beach over there. Yeah, there's like military housing over there. It's kind of. It kind of looks like that, to tell you the truth, just like that. How many people were on the island who stay there they, regular? Uh, they say 40 to 50 people. Huh. That, 
almost there, yeah. Interesting. That's cool. So that is, is like, I looked it up, it's like 1,300 miles from Honolulu, something yeah. like that? Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's, that's like, what, two hours? Uh, two hours and 30 minutes it took us to go one way. Two and so about, yeah, yeah. That, that that must have been an adventure it was it's pretty amazing i mean it must be crazy you're flying over the ocean it's like okay you know we got to land and uh you know i don't see any islands but there, there's gonna be a little atoll over there with a landing strip that we can drop down on kind of in the middle of this big blue abyss yeah it's pretty nuts i mean did you know that honolulu to the mainland california that's the longest body of water with no land in between. So that's the longest flight you can do without over water with no land. Five or so six hours. Right? Mm -hmm. But Honolulu to California is the longest stretch of flight without any land in the whole wide world. You know what's kind of cool too? Is our whole family got COVID up here. What? You guys all caught COVID? We all, we all caught it, man. Like when you got up there, then you yeah. just caught it. Yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> have you ever, ever met anybody who caught COVID? Like a uh, friend or some guys at work. So mine was textbook COVID. Like, but I didn't realize it. So for me, it was like, um, <clears throat> that was the weirdest thing. So I remember I did, I was craving, craving, craving pickled anything, pickled anything, like pickled mango, <clears throat> um, kimchi. So what I did, I went to Safeway. I was craving. Anything pickled so bad is about four different brands of kimchi. Like, so when I was at Safeway, about all these kimchi, I'm like, man, this is terrible tasting. This tastes like you're eating um, cabbage. I couldn't taste. I couldn't taste anything. I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> and I also loved Andy's um, salsa. And okay. I was like, man, it just tasted so bland. I was like, what is going on here? So. I didn't know that was the first signs of COVID. So, so then I remember I went into a Korean barbecue restaurant and you know, textbook, right? You know that smell, right? Like, oh, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't smell a thing. Wow. Like, you what? know what you should have done? You should have ate some ghost peppers and see what happened. <laughs> well, I think you can still, it'll still burn, right? But you can't taste it. I don't know. That's I don't know. Guessing. That's yeah, we, we should find someone with COVID and say, <laughs> here, have some ghost peppers. Tell me how it tastes. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was like interesting. Like, and then my wife couldn't smell her taste too. And then my son couldn't smell her taste too. And like, but my daughter, man, she was a champ, man. She was like down, like just, oh, she was out, like just laid out on the ground for one day. And the next day she was like running around like, really, are you okay? She says, yeah, I'm fine. So it's interesting because their ages, it went by age. It's like how long it lasted. So I was the oldest. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kanoi lasted about, I don't know, eight days. Mm -hmm. Mine was about 12 to 13 days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my wife was tripping out on me because we moved up to Vegas in the middle of summer, which it got up to like 115 some days, right? Mm -hmm. And I was having so much chills that I would go outside by the pool with a blanket in 110 degree weather. 
and had the blanket over me in the sun. And I still had chills. So wow. I was like, wow, this is, this is weird, but I'm super cold, you know? Yeah. That was an interesting thing I thought of too right there. I can't smell. I can't feel heat. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But the weirdest thing, you know, even though I couldn't smell or I couldn't uh, taste, mm -hmm. I was still hungry, bro. I can still pound, bro. Oh, for real? Yeah. So eating. I could, I was still hungry. You didn't enjoy the food as much because you couldn't taste it, but you still ate it. Yeah, that's why I had a hard time making weight in high school for wrestling because I just loved eating, man. Yeah. <laughs> it has a definite cycle to it. So like every other day I have a fever and I feel okay, fever, okay, fever, okay. But I had a weird cough. It was like a dry, dry cough. And then, um, like, no mucus. I remember I, the simplest thing, opening a doorknob, right? And my arm would feel so fatigued just opening a doorknob. Hmm. It, was, it was, like, super fatigued. Like, just like I did, like, I was repping, like, 4.15 in like, in high school. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, like, yeah, 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 I get it now, yeah. <laughs> in high school, all I was repping was 90 pounds, so, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. 4.15 <laughs> with hair in Kahlua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're hearing, we're hearing curling it for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I was super, super fatigued, mm -hmm. and uh, my breathing was definitely labored. Like I had to like force myself to like breathe in, mm -hmm. hold it in, and exhale. Because if I would just breathe regularly, I would almost like uh, get hypoxic because I would hyperventilate. Yeah, almost like that. Cause it's like like that. My breathing. That's, it's interesting. I thought you were gonna use a different adjective, but like, oh, it's scary. Ah, it was um, I, I don't know if it was scary. It was definitely like best way to describe it is I was very alerted. I don't know if that makes sense. I was like, okay, um, this is textbook COVID, so survived it. Yeah, I mean, That's I mean, good. you know, like you know that two people we know. Died of COVID, right? Marcus Barcacho and Jason Kim, right? Jason Kim, I heard about. Marcus Barcacho, he was in my dorm too. That really hit home, like, wow, man. So I, I, I took it seriously, you know, I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any symptoms lingering from COVID or are you completely recovered? Well, it made me actually smarter. No. More <laughs> 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 handsome, man. Look, come more handsome. It made you more handsome. <laughs> no 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 um i don't my wife doesn't healing that i because so far i know it doesn't ha have any uh route so mm -hmm. yeah Good. nothing that i can think of yeah the thing about covid is the immune response that your body mounts against the virus sometimes it can be exaggerated and that's what hurts you is your body's response to the virus itself yeah the inflammation and, and the um, fluid in the lungs and stuff like that that makes it hard to breathe. Yeah, that's right. all your immune response. So that's the scary part. So you got a you got a plastic box in front of you. Is that like your lure things that you hand us? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm in my lure station. <laughs> so, well, that, that's a good place to be out in the garage. But summertime, how do you think that's going to hold out? Uh I'm gonna probably put an AC in here. 
Okay. I just need getting my lure stuff good. Wow. That that's pretty fancy. So it's like a little workshop area or something. It's all my uh lure stuff. Uh-huh. My lathe. So did you get like warehouse space or something like that for, for the things that you do for your business? Yeah. So I, I we're renting a warehouse space um right down the road. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how is the business opportunities there better for you? Uh, we just got into West Marine, so it'd be easier to distribute up here. You know, into, uh, if we get into bigger stores that are like, um, what do you call them? Chains, I guess. Uh-huh. You know, being in Hawaii, we have to ship inbound shipment from our manufacturer. Then from, uh, from Hawaii, ship it up to the mainland and then to like a distributor. And then the distributor ships again. You ship it at four times, three or four times. I mean, you got to add that up to the, the retail price somehow. I mean, it just gets yeah. to the point where it's too expensive, you know. And the taxes are pretty, uh, I forget what it's up here, but it's super friendly compared to Hawaii, the taxes, the business taxes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And the taxes are pretty, uh, I forget what it's up here, but it's super friendly compared to Hawaii, the taxes, the business taxes. Yeah. Actually, what other kind of hobbies do you have besides shooting? What other kind of hobbies? I'll just leave it open as that. Jiu-jitsu, definitely, you know, that and... um Man, I just like making lures, you know, but it's a different release, making lures, you know, the finished product. And I guess when somebody catches on it, then you're like, oh, then there, obviously there's going to be a time period lapse where no one uses the lure. And then later down the road, somebody goes, yeah, I caught a fish on your lure, you know, ahi or something, you know, that's super satisfying. What lures no, do you well, make yourself? So I make, um, you know, I make lures by hand, you know, so like, um, so do you make it to sell or do you make it and you give it to people or for you, for your own personal use or what? I, I do both, but I like to just make a couple here and there and I'll, I'll sell it, you know, or give to my friends. I don't really, um, it's not to make money at all. You know what I mean? So that's not, not really it. part of your business. That's not central to your business. That's more just your hobby on the side. It's more of a hobby, but it's definitely a, a, a business. Can you see that? Oh, Wait, are those embedded in the uh, yeah. lure? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, that's cool. Ula. That is way cool. Yeah. So that's the resin because it's made out of resin. So you just kind of drop the uh, the shells in there. So is the yeah, do the shells? They're kind of reflective, like mother of pearl. So does that kind of get the fish's attention? Yeah, it does. So mm. I, I um. I put like shell inlays. Is that an actual shell or is that like a synthetic plastic? Yeah, oh shell. It's all cut up. Nice. So yeah. yeah. Expensive shell. Super expensive. Like I'll buy 10 pieces for like like ten dollars, basically a dollar per shell. Wait, wait, so one of those little um square rectangle things is a dollar. It'd be like a dollar, yeah. Wow. You cannot just go dive in Honolulu and go pick some up. <laughs> I mean, like, no, you cannot. Can, so, I guess. Oyster shells, bro. Yeah, can. can. <laughs> yeah, so. Do some yeah. shooters and then just save the shells and cut them up. <laughs> but I have like, um, I have these pins made too. So like, see, like, 
I use this as the eyeballs. Okay, cool. Nita yeah. Fishing Innovations. Yeah. So I enjoy that. It's, and then when I go back home, I can go surf. So it's like mm -hmm. kind of nice, you know. Hey, so is there any fishing up there? Um, I don't know. When you catch saltwater fish, it doesn't even have to be big fish. You don't even, for me, I can't even fathom eating freshwater fish because I feel like it's dirty, like mud. You know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I like it, okay. It, 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 it's a psychological thing. Do you know why? Growing up in Hawaii, when you eat freshwater fish, what do you think of? Tilapia. Mm. And when you think of tilapia, what do you think of? The alawai. Yeah. yeah. Right? So for <laughs> me, it's more psychological, if anything. It's not that the fish are bad of you. It's, it's probably really good. It just, I can't, I can't get myself to fish up here. Can't. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. For you me. Catch and, re catch and release. You don't have to eat it. Yeah. And even that would be like, you know what? It's a funny thing because even when I fished in Hawaii, I never fished for sport. Mm -hmm. I never liked catching marlin because to me, marlin was um, more of a sport. Like, I'm not a trophy person. I just love eating the fish. Mm -hmm. but for me, it's just, if I'm going to catch fish, as long as it's a good tasting fish, I don't care how big it is. It's like, I'm going to catch you and I'm going to eat gonna you. I'm going to eat you and get you, on, get you <laughs> in the cooler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm I want to eat you. Yeah, so, yeah. I was never about the fight, you know, like, oh, this is so enjoyable fighting this fish. I just want to get that fish in the boat. You know food. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Fish yeah. is food. Yeah. So, not friends. Even though I wanted to just catch it for food, don't get me wrong. It's, I enjoy the whole mission of catching the fish, like from the get go, from getting your ice, getting all your lures ready, your bait ready, the whole process. And then you end up catching what you're targeting or try to target is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? The initial run of the fish, mm -hmm. that's exciting. But yeah. the part of battling the fish, I don't really care. That mm -hmm. part doesn't excite me. That's why I record all my, my fishing trips because at the end of the day, you go, oh man, that was so fun. So what, what are some of the things you're looking forward to, you know, with your family? going forward now that you guys are in vegas well one big thing i'm really excited about is my son competes swimming right okay so one of my biggest what we're gonna do is like he's gonna compete at this meet where it's like i think it's a couple hundred miles away so what we're gonna do is rent the rv <laughs> and we're, we're gonna just drive bro we're gonna rent the rv and then pretty much live out of the rv for two to two to three days you know like wow. it's gonna be so, so fun you know one of the biggest things that I noticed, which is such an awesome thing with moving to Vegas from Hawaii, is that our family got closer. I think because less distractions here, you get closer to them, which is, I, I, I'm really enjoying that, you know. My daughter and I, we play Uno every day. <laughs> play Uno every day. We love doing that. I don't know why. Yeah. And then, like, you know, just spending time with the kids, you know, focusing on them. Yeah, so yeah yeah that's that's the thing that i've experienced also living in the mainland is that we're the only people that they can really talk to I mean, the phones make it a little bit different but still they'd rather have face-to-face -face conversations with us exactly yeah yeah so that is nice and they're at a good age how old are they 
Rel is seven, Keelan is 11. That's a really good age where, you know, definitely take advantage of that. Go RV. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So I'm excited. So it'd be a lot of fun going there to visit one of these days. Let's go buy some apartments maybe for my retirement. You got to come up, man. Seriously. Be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, anyway, better let you go. I know you guys. So it's what time? 5.15 there right now? Yeah, we're going to go at 6. Six o'clock over there. Cool. At the, at the show. Okay. Go oh, no wonder why she she got all like dressed up and everything, looking nice. Ah, eh, she just like try impress me because she like cook up there. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you one lucky guy. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy this episode of Primetime Eighty Nine. What's new? I'd like to thank our guest, Gainita, for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Barboza Yoshimitsu, Wendy Brown and Kalia Quaro, Drake and Dana Kao. And a special thank you to Drez, Dwayne Andrews for the music, and Elizabeth Matson with production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to like us and follow us at Primetime 89 Hawaii, where you can see photos of our guests and their stories. And subscribe to get the latest updates and news of upcoming episodes. And join us again with another classmate on Primetime 89.